This show is being brought to you by Grandpa Ray Outdoors. John O'Brien is the CEO of Grandpa Ray Outdoors, and he's been an agronomist for over 29 years. He's not just an agronomist. He is an educator. So if you go to Grandpa Ray Outdoors on the web, you're going to see that John is sharing his knowledge with anybody that wants to listen and become a smarter food plotter. He does have a special group called Team Grow, and you can join that and get the inside scoop with John. He does private uh, seminars and shares private information. So check out Team Grow and Grandpa Ray Outdoors for the finest information on the web. Oh yes, he has a full line of seeds that are as good as, if not better than, any other seed company in existence today. Let's Talk Deer. Let's Talk Deer is supported and sponsored by Grandpa Ray Outdoors. We do receive funds from Grandpa Ray Outdoors for airing this show. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Deer. This is your host, executive producer, Bruce Hutchin. And I'm heading out to Michigan, and I've been waiting a long time to get Mr. Doug Roberts on the show. And uh, Doug's, he has a deer farm. Now, he breeds deer and sells deer. Also, and we'll hear about this uh, in the upcoming minutes, he also founded Conquest Sense. So it's Conquest Sense and Deer Farm. Doug, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Good to be here, finally. Yeah, finally. You're a busy man. So let's just go right back. And we were talking about high fence, and actually you do not offer any high fence. What you're doing is breeding and selling three-year-olds, I think you said. Yep. And then you have the, the scent company. So let's just start right there. And, and tell me how do you get into that. And we're on Facebook Live, so there's a couple thousand people. Depends what yeah. Facebook wants to let roll. <laughs> okay. No, what it was is – you know, 29 years ago, I actually saw other people raising white-tailed deer, and, and the industry was in its infancy at that point in time. Um, and so I just was going to buy some deer, sell some deer, you know, to the other farms and ranches and just be good. Well, I, I'd never do anything kind of small, so I just went big time. Um, <laughs> go big I, or go home. <laughs> it, it just, yeah, and I was a school teacher at that time, so I was kind of doing this on the side and uh, – just at one point, I decided I'm going to really see if I can make a living um, doing the deer industry. Um, and, and so I started the Michigan Deer Beards Association, kind of got people organized, uh, started doing the, the legislative work. But our farm currently right now is, is very simple. We have a genetic breeding program that I love to try to grow the biggest, cleanest typicals that I can. That's my goal. Uh, I just think that gives the deer a lot of respect. Um, so once they're done in that program, the does go into the scent collection program. So they stay on the farm. We just change. We no longer breed them. We simply collect scent off them. When the bucks turn three years old, we sell those bucks to hunting ranches. Uh, and I work with a number of different hunting ranches here in Michigan. So um, it's a very strategic process that all of these deer go through. Now, the scent, the scent does have a great life. We actually have had, uh, we had one that lived 21 years. Uh, oh, my goodness. Of, oh, yeah. We've had a couple that have lived 18, 19 years. Um, the average is normally around 11 to 15 years uh, in the scent program. 
Um, so and in in the field in nature, what is it? Seven, eight, nine years maybe for a doe. Uh, that's the average. Yeah, you'll find some that are over, but I would say it depending on where you're at. But like, let's take Michigan. The average I would say is probably in that seven to ten year range, max. Um, you know, just because of car accidents, you know, doe permits now are being given out more because yeah, life. I mean, life happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have injuries, but if we have an animal that gets injured, we call it out and actually sell a line of snack sticks uh, throughout the U.S. Uh, off our website. So, <laughs> You're an entrepreneur from the well, day one. Everything, <laughs> you are. <laughs> every part of that animal is useful. We sell rattling antlers, sets of rattling antlers. We sell, you know, collectible antlers. Um, so every part of that animal uh, is usable to some extent. Um and so we've kind of taken advantage of that. But the scent company is our mainstay now. Um, it just keeps growing. Uh, we're blessed that the hunters believe in us. They like our products and they feel our products work. So we just keep producing what they're asking for. And, and folks, um, Doug's not paying me any money. I invited him on the show to just to share. But um, last year, now what's the scent dispenser stick? What do you call the that? The stink Are stick? Me? The stink the scent- stick? Stink stick. Okay. Yeah, the, the scent dispenser that right. opens up and closes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So so I bought some because one of my buddies said you gotta get you gotta get Evercarmed and I saw the Evercarmed and I said, We'll talk about that too. And and so I'm sitting there, I because of my age, I don't do tree stands anymore. I'll get up in a box blind and some of the double stands we have, I may or may not get up in them. May right. or may not just depends how I feel. So most of the times I'm on the ground and I've got a couple of honey holes that all I have to do is just sit on the ground and it's a it's a burned out hollow oak. The tree's okay. still alive, but I I'm basically encapsulated. Yeah. So I put my chair inside and I shoot with a crossbow so I don't have to do anything. I get a shooting stick and I sit there. So I put like it wasn't ten feet from me. And it was right off behind and behind me. So it was behind, hanging from a vine, blah, 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 blah. And I just left it sit there all day. And then the activity kicked in. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing bucks and young bucks. And there was one, 130, maybe 140. I let them walk, blah, 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 blah. But then, all of a sudden, out of just the corner of my right eye, I see movement. I go, what the heck is happening? And folks, it it would have gone viral if I and you've already got you've already got films like this. But all of a sudden this young buck came out, little eight pointer came up, his nose in the air, and he's just coming like a beeline, and he came within ten feet of that dispersal. And so now he's twenty feet from me. And I'm going, Holy fright, where's my camera? I don't film. Cause okay. I just don't I don't even want to get involved in that. But I'm I'm just astounded and so he sniffs and sniffs and he drifts away now the wind he had to catch my wind he he didn't see me but he had to catch my wind so it wasn't 10 minutes later his cousin brothers or whatever he comes from this side and from the left side hooks around hits a scent dispersal cone does exactly the same thing i'm going dang and that's the first time I ever use it. So, folks, okay. if you're not using it, if you're not using that scent dispersal and Evercarm, then 
you're missing it because here's a guy that I've been doing this a long time. I've tried a lot of different things, and I said, Doug is not paying me a cent to say this, but you're missing the boat, period. It's funny how the hunters, when they first found out about it, when we first started, wouldn't tell any of their friends. They wanted it their secret because it brought deer into them that they had normally not seen in that area, but didn't want anyone to know what they were using. Um, And now it's finally transitioned to what you're saying is, Hunters are telling other hunters, if you're not using Evercomb, you're not really hunting. Um, and it's become one of those must need tools in a hunter's toolbox. Um, and it just happened because hunters made it that way. And we're so blessed to have those people that support us and, and really believe in that product. But everything has happened by accident. Um, literally so how let's tell the story. Became. I know the story, but let's tell yeah. how Evercomb began. Well, Literally, one of my ex-students, which had grown up, was managing and helped me on the farm. And him and I, normally it takes three people to run the deer through the facility and vaccinate and medicate and all that. Well, we only had two of us. And so I said, listen, we, we've got like 90-some deer we got to run through here today and get done. We have to. And he says, well, I want to get out early hunting tonight because it's going to be a good night hunting. And it was towards the end of October. And I said, well, let's get moving then. Of course, normal things happen. Problems occurred, things go slower. Well, by the time we got done, he only had maybe 35 minutes before dark. And he he wasn't very happy with me. In fact, he didn't even want to talk to me. But here's what happened. He had physically held on to every single one of those deer. So he had their sweat, he had their hair, he had their spit, he had their urine smells, their poop smells. I mean, because they're jumping around, they're not easy to hold. And he had to hold them, physically hold them, in this squeeze why I gave him all the shots and medications. And so he just literally grabbed his bow out of the office and hopped on the four wheeler. Well, he's got his work clothes on. There's diesel fuel, he's got grease on it. And I looked, I said, you're not gonna change? He goes, it's not even worth going out. I'm just gonna get out of here. You're just upset with me. And, and I understood why, um, but I'm like, well, okay, go. So I ran up to the house, I took a quick shower in about, from the time he left to the time he called me on my cell phone, it might have been 20 minutes. And I'm thinking he fell out of a tree stand. Um, something and wrong he was happened. hunting on your property? Outside the fence, right on the backside of the farm. Yeah, so this okay. is all free-range deer. Um, and, and the phone rings. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, what happened? And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe he got lucky and got one. You know, he just snuck out and it was right. And I said, hey, what's up? He goes, nothing. And he's whispering. And I said, do you get one or are you okay? He goes, yeah. He says, I've never seen so many deer. And I'm like, okay, well, did you shoot one? He goes, no. He says, but they're just chasing each other. And I'm like, Curtis, he goes, listen, I've stood up. I've sat down. I've turned around. I'm talking to you on the phone right now. They're looking at me and they lift their nose and they smell and they start chasing each other again. And without even thinking, I said, well, Curtis, you stink like a herd of deer. And it just, it hit me like, I did. I looked over at my wife and I went, oh my goodness. The most perfect scent to attract deer and make them feel safe is the the herd smell of deer themselves. But it has to be fresh. And it was so fresh on him that to them. Oh yeah, it was just hours old. He was just another deer in the woods that happened to be up in a tree stand and looked funny. Which is weird. that's, That's how Evercom came about. 
So we actually originally called it deer herd. And then our marketing guy says, what you've really created was the first ever calming scent because it really calms the deer down and makes them feel comfortable. So that, that's how that all came about, just by a fluke. So. And how long ago was that, Doug? Oh, my goodness. That's now probably 14 years ago. Like I yeah, said, we and like anything, it. Yeah, and like anything, it takes a while. Because I just used it for the first time. I had heard about it, yeah. but I didn't really use it until my buddy said, Bruce, you're being stupid. And yeah. I can go into the farm, and he's probably the best hunter in the farm. I won't raise my hand, but he's probably the best hunter on the farm. He's really yeah. good. And and so I see these, what I construed was deodorant stick. You know, because on the trees, and I'm going, what's he doing? So I, I finally asked him, what are you doing? And he was Harry's Harry's son, one of Harry's okay. sons. And so that we talked, hey, folks, um, I had two mentors mentors in my hunting life, Otto Knight from Foster Center, Modown, Harry Schur from um, Laval Union Center, uh, Wisconsin. And Marv is Harry's son. And Harry and Marv's a great white tail hunter. He's killed some gorgeous, gorgeous deer. But anyway, but he used Elvercarm, and I'd go in the in the woods, and I'd see these what I thought were deodorant. When since there's a lot of companies out there that have deodorant applicators, and we'll let it go with that. But I saw it, and I go, that's stinker. And so, because he would, he doesn't. I asked him, how did you and where'd your son get that nice 10 pointer and up behind the barn, up behind the barn. I go, <laughs> I said, thanks, Marv. Well, Can I see well, your trail camera pictures? Nope. <laughs> what, what really, as this evolved, I had given up on sense myself as a whitetail hunter because a lot of times I get no reaction or I get deer spooked. And as living with deer and working with deer on a daily basis, they do have a unique special smell. It's kind of like what you call a barn smell if you go into a dairy or a beef farm. Well, deer have that same thing. But all the scents that I was smelling on, on the shelves didn't smell that way. It's, they smelled ammonia-filled. And, and when you look at it, ammonia, if it smells like ammonia, it's spoiling or has been spoiled. That's just the it's truth. Spoiled. It's, it's, it's spoiled. It's like our urine. It's, it's spoiled, it's, folks. Exactly. Exactly. So when we were collecting this and using this, and this really started with BS1, was how do we keep this fresh without putting a preservative in it? Because as soon as you put a preservative in it, it changes the molecular structure, which changes the smell. Now, we don't smell that difference. But that mature whitetail buck absolutely smells the difference. He can Well, smell. yeah, they do the flaming thing, and they got their yep. – their, you know the scientific part of it i know what they do the lip curl and yeah they're they're figuring out what doe what buck i mean they can break it down i don't know how god figured that out how you can do that but they do it a, a deer's brain literally can divide out and separate 10 different smells at one time 10 so let's just take a handful of grain for example and it's got all kinds of different things it's feed we smell feed grain they smell corn they smell soybean they smell wheat they, they smell all the different individual ingredients within that which we can't do so if you go back to scent you have to keep it fresh well just by a fluke uh, 
I happened to see some wax stuff. Literally, we had raindrops and Karen had lit a candle on the, on the deck. Well, the raindrops that hit the liquid wax bounced out on the table and I just started popping them and all of a sudden I saw this little squirt of water go out of one. And I popped another and a little squirt and I went, encapsulate in wax. If we can figure out how to encapsulate the scent into a wax formula where it holds it in a neutral state, when you wipe it out, it's going to evaporate before it goes bad. Perfect. Then it was like, what do we put it in? Well, I got up the next morning. I'm ready to go get ready. And I looked, I went, let's put it in one of the, it was a deodorant stick. Everyone yeah. knows how to use it. Ironically, there was already a patent from a gentleman out West for the hunting industry for a wax formula. So we actually went and, and bought, they didn't buy, used his patent from him, gave him a royalty. And it was cumbersome, so we actually created our own. Um, but that's how the wax formula. So no matter how much you put out in that wax formula, it does a couple things. One, it always dispenses out of that wax at a consistent rate, and it doesn't matter what weather it's in. It can be in a downpour, it's still working. It can be cold, it's still working. It can be snowing, it's still working. It can be 100 degrees, it's still working. All consistently in fresh scents. So it's, again, it's seeing things that happen and then be able to put all those connections together. And God's blessed me with that ability to do that. And I got a wonderful wife that knows how to market it. So <laughs> it's gone yeah. well. You, you are quite the couple. Um, if somebody's interested in this, we're going to break off on Facebook Live and go to Let's Talk Deer podcast in a, in a minute or so. But, Doug, if somebody wants to reach out to you, you know, and get, you know, get the product, uh, talk to your marketing people, whatever, how does people reach out to you? Go, go right to our website. It's ConquestSense.com. Um, they can order products there. They can ask me questions there. They can get in touch. A lot of people... This time of year, I'm getting a lot of emails of, hey, I got these questions or this and that. Um, if you give me a few days, I'll get back to them. I, that, I always try to do that. Um, and, and that's normal. It's just uh, we're running uh, double speed right now. Um, this COVID uh, situation is a blessing. It has put so many more people outdoors into the woods. Well, they want the protein. They want the protein. They want the protein and they have time to do it. It, this this truly has been a blessing because I see more dads, moms, and kids in the outdoors now than we have in, in ever. And, and I hope they stay. I hope they understand the blessings they've been given of slowing down and enjoying family time. Right. And I know in Colorado, people are fishing more. I mean, they're just yeah. they're they're fishing more. License sales are up. Um, you know, and we should have we got. We got fires, fires going, so I don't know how that's going to impact certain right. areas of the state. We got horrendous fire, fires. Um, I did spend three days on the road, drove over about 700 miles doing some things, um, and I was in the high country. And so Southern California, south of Interstate 70, um, there was rain, you know, for the okay. last three days. So we need okay. that. But anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, that's tough out there. Yeah, it's right bad. Now. You know, it's, you know, it's bad. Look at Michigan. First time ever sold out of all their turkey tags. How awesome is that? That That's is great. unbelievable. Oh, well, it's, it's good for our DNRs, I mean, because they're getting revenue and they need it. And we, we won't get political. We're going to stay away from political. But um, the governor of Michigan is a very interesting lady. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, we better stay away from that one. That's we'll a whole other <laughs> Oh, Lord. So anyway, yeah. 
Doug Roberts, thank you so much for being on Facebook Live, hosted by Let's Talk Deer. And uh, this will be up. I'll send you the link, and you can share it any place. And I will post it on your page, and um, you'll have it. So, folks, that's Bruce Hutchin. And this is one of my last uh, podcasts because starting, uh, uh, let's see, the 8th, I've got a lunar entry tag, and then I got a two cow tags, and we're going to Wyoming. Then I come back, and I have a lunar tag for uh, my first ever uh, 180 to 200-inch. I have a legit chance for 180 to 200-inch mule deer in Gunnison, Colorado. And so, and then I have a, a Utah cow tag. Well, that's my fault. Oh, you're living my dream. I actually don't have a single hunt book this year. Uh, just because we're that busy. Um, yeah, you're in the uh, industry, you know. We're, if everyone wants in this industry, and I said, if you don't want to hunt anymore, you get in the industry because if right. you're in it, you don't you don't have the chance. But it, it's just fun to live through people like you and other hunters that are successful, and, and I get to hear those stories. And it, and yeah. if we're a part of that, how awesome! That is just an awesome time. Again, Doug Roberts, thank you for who you are, for who your wife is, and. You're a bright spot in the outdoor industry. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you.